With only seven games left in the season, it is more about setting the tone for when this season closes and what lies ahead this summer. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Today, we are going to be talking about, you know, this true final stretch of seven games and what what it means for not only the potential wildcard spot that they are trying to snag, but also what kind of lies ahead and how they're looking to set the tone. And of course, we are going to talk about uh, the team's defense and just kind of how different it is from last year and just the biggest impacts. And of course, team identity, because if you don't have an identity, you're not really playing for much. But before we dive into that, I want to remind you all to subscribe to Lockdown Flames as we are here for you every single day. Your team, the latest updates, as soon as they're available here on Lockdown Flames and, of course, on uh, the Lockdown Network as a whole. Baseball starts today, so go subscribe to your favorite baseball team's Lockdown show. Uh, Nick, how are you? I'm very excited. Uh, big, big weekend for annoying people. Uh, baseball starts today, which you just mentioned. The new boy genius drops at midnight tonight. Yep. You've got WrestleMania this weekend. You've got the final men's final four this weekend. There is so much going. Rangers, Devils for second place tonight. There is a copious amount of things to distract yourself with over the next couple of days. I'm very excited. Yeah. And I think uh, our friend, good friend of the show, Taylor Swift, is doing three nights. I think Arlington. so. So, yeah. you know, who knows what we're going to get there. Uh, that's always a fun time. But we also have some Flames hockey tonight. Correct. Correct. <laughs> we do have Flames hockey. That As soon as I get home from the Ranger game, uh, that will be going on the TV in the living room as me and my friend who are going to the Ranger Devil game tonight kind of try and piece together what happened because I don't expect much from the Rangers tonight against the Devils. But, yeah, be, be tuned in. The Flames are... The Flames are my West Coast flame. I, I'm only in the time zone a couple hours a week. I check in on them, that, see how things are going. But yeah. it's been kind of messy. It, 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 you know how flings go. They're messy. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, This is one of those things where it's like truly a toxic situation ship and they just cannot decide if they want to fully buy in to winning and just commit or if they're just kind of, eh, okay, like I'll call you when I'm – what I want. Uh, I just had a hilarious thought. I need Daryl Sutter to listen to Getaway Car and give me his thoughts. Wait, yeah. <laughs> we just need a Daryl Sutter like reaction show. That works. I mean, those videos always have millions of views on YouTube where they expose yeah. senior citizens to modern pop music. Those videos are always... Uh, give me Daryl Sutter just reacting to modern developments. Like last year, I remember there was a press conference, Buck Walter, the Mets manager, who's like in his early 70s. Yeah. He just like unprompted started his press conference. He goes, you know, you can order the Chipotle ahead on your phone and pick it up and you don't have to talk to anyone now. <laughs> like he was totally blown away by that. Like I, old people are hilarious. They genuinely are- hilarious. Hilarious. Incredible. I think the, 
I think we need Daryl Sutter to react to that one line specifically and would have, could have, should have. And just like, I think, I uh, really think that that Daryl right. Sutter have a lot of Catholic guilt. Probably, yeah. probably. That Maybe? would be my assumption. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he might. I don't know. But I don't know. I, this, I feel like the Flames just need to put on like reputation and just like, Oh, we're going to get to finding their identity because yeah. that's been an issue all year. We're going to talk about that in the second segment. The one thing I was curious about today that uh, I, I was trying to come up with something interesting, like informational in the first segment before we kind of got into the more meandering diatribes about just like trying to figure out what this mess of a season really means was stuff about the defense, because like I've emphasized all season on paper and results wise, the defense has been fine, but when you actually watch the defense play, it doesn't look it. Uh, it's very um, – they've been caught in weird in-betweens all season where guys are not exactly where they need to be. They're a little bit off. They haven't gotten any bounces to go their way. I know we've joked about that Chris Tanev's had, you know, 10, 15 pucks deflect in off of him at different points of the season that have gone in the net. But even when I went and looked at Corey Snyder's micro stuff where it's like – breakouts do you bank the puck out or cleanly pass out pretty much everything looks good aside from Rasmus Anderson and that's because he plays so many minutes and even he, him he's only slightly below average in most of like the breakout statistics I mean I wrote it down they five of the six the excuse me four of the six regulars so Tanev Uyghur Zadorov and Hannafin they all get out of the zone above average rates compared to defensemen in the rest of the league Five of their six defensemen, the only one who doesn't is Michael Stone, most common six defensemen. So five of the six are able to get out of the zone with passes as opposed to as opposed to uh, the dump and clear where, you know, you the long flip that's high in the air into the neutral zone or the aimless pass into the neutral zone, hoping it hits a forward stick so it's not an icing. So mechanics-wise, the Flames defense is pretty good at what you want from a modern NHL defense. They break the puck out of the zone cleanly with possession. They exit the zone with possession, and that translates to more offense. Uh, it, it, it sounds very rudimentary and simple, but the more you control the puck, especially in your own zone, the easier it is to get to offense faster. The faster you get to offense, the less defense you have to play. That is the modern revolution in sports today. The the best defense is not having to play defense at all because playing defense is harder than playing offense. If you can only be on offense, that's the ideal game state because you don't have to be that good at defense if you only have to play defense X number of minutes per game. The more defense you have to play, the more likely you are to lose because it's just harder to play defense for extended periods of time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think <laughs> it's a lot more fun watching your team, uh, you know, play in that offensive position versus – I, you just hope that they can clear the puck and it's one of those like situations where you're just screaming at the tv even yes though, you know they they absolutely cannot hear you oh they can hear me they can hear me <laughs> they, can, they have little microphones in their yes. helmet yes they can hear me i just it's so interesting because last year this flames defense was really good yeah like, they, were they got Michael Goodbranson paid how good they were last year. I still cannot believe that he is on a four by four. 
Um, he got that. paid because of how good the defensive results last year. They got a great year out of Zadorov and him on the third pair last year. They had a really good one through six. And on paper, the one through five isn't awful. I mean, ideally, Michael Stone isn't a sixth defenseman. He's your seventh guy who rotates in every now and then for injury or matchup dependent. But on paper, this is a solid defense, and the results bear that out too. They're pretty good at getting out of danger, getting to offense quickly. And the other thing, that I found interesting was they're pretty good at making the other team work for offense where most of the time they force the other team to dump the puck in as opposed to letting them gain the zone with possession, which typically results in less defense being played because if the team has to dump the puck past you and then go get it, they've got to reestablish possession, which is more work. The more work you have to do, the harder it is to do something over and over again. So by forcing the other team to continuously dump the puck in, that's part of why it's easier for the Flames to get going back to offense is the other team doesn't have possession. If the puck's loose, you recover it, you break out, and you're going the other way, you're not on defense. Yeah. I mean, I hire Nick as your next head coach. Oh, I cannot scheme this. I can explain this to you and I can give you the rudimentary. Yeah, you want to be in a two two you want to be in a two two one. I can give you the rudimentary stuff, but actually getting people executed is an entirely other story. I mean, there are plenty of good coaches who have good scheme who cannot good get results out of players because they don't have the buy-in, which something we'll probably end up talking about in the second and third segments. That Guys don't really understand what they need to do. That's also something that plays into identity and trying to force guys into doing things they might not necessarily be good at, which is an issue. It doesn't matter. You can have a great scheme, but if the guys on your team can't do it, it doesn't matter how good your scheme is because it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And we will most definitely be continuing this conversation uh, in regards to their identity and the final stretch of seven games. But before we do that, I want to remind you all that FanDuel is still doing the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back for new customers. So all you have to do is place a bet. And if it doesn't hit, maybe it won't. You get up, you get money back. You get bonus yeah, well, bets, and it's it's a great way to try your hand at sports betting and just to kind of have fun with it. Um, and all you have to do is visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to sign up today and to claim your no sweat first bet. Are you placing any bets tonight? Uh, yeah, I'll probably do what I've been doing, where I'll do Kreider or Zabinijad goal, Shesterkin 20 saves, Rangers to win. And if I do, if it hits, I'll be able to pay for like a beer or two at the game. Generally, my rule of thumb. I might do the over, too, because the Rangers and Devils usually don't play defense. Those are usually high-scoring games. So we'll see. We'll see. There's definitely, there's definitely value to be had. Absolutely. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us today. As always, uh, make sure you're subscribed to the show and uh, come chat with us in the comments on YouTube. The identity vanished as soon as free agency opened. You had a dramatic change in the composition of your team. Uh, the, the Flames have spent this entire season, like SpongeBob, that episode where he lost his name tag. Where oh, my God. <laughs> they, he, the Flames have lost their identity. They don't know who they are. No. They are 
It, we, I said a, a few weeks ago, they are 18 skaters and two goalies. They are not a coherent team. They do not play. They do not play comfortably in the way they're being asked to play. What, for whatever reason, the the marriage of personnel and style that was there last year in particular, it's not there anymore. They are not as comfortable. And you can tell it manifests in a couple of different ways. Number one, team is very um, tight. They do not play very comfortably or freely. They are very weary of making mistakes and very clearly overthinking a lot of their decisions, which is how you end up making more mistakes. Anybody who's ever done anything, the more stressed out you are about something and not making a mistake. Like if you're an anxious driver, the more you're thinking about it, the more likely you are to end up in an accident because you're overthinking it as opposed to just doing it. If you play Little League, you go up there, I'm going to hit the ball, I'm going to hit the ball swing and miss swing and miss that kind of thing it's still real these are even if they are professional athletes and they've been doing this you know 15 20 years of their existence they are still people if you are overthinking things you are going to be squeezing your stick a little bit tighter you're going to be not take you're going to take your eye off the puck at a moment you shouldn't you're going to be looking somewhere instead of where you should be and those little things over the course of an entire game, an entire season, start to creep in, and you lose that sense of, well, this is who I've always been. Yeah. Right now, the Flames have never, the Flames haven't found that. I, I, we were saying back as early as, I would say, December, that we're still kind of waiting for the Flames to figure out what they're going to be this year. And yeah, they're a volume shooting team with okay defense and poor goaltending. They haven't found the way to be resilient. They still have yet to manifest a third period comeback this year. They have yet to find some real sense of cohesion that you would expect from a team that is this veteran laden. Cause that's the thing. If it were a young team and a lot of guys who didn't have extensive NHL experience, you could say maybe they don't have the understanding of what they yeah. need to do. They're not professionals yet. They still really need to kind of figure out their place in the scheme of things, but the flames are a veteran laden team of guys who have been in the NHL for quite a while now. And the fact they haven't been able to find a cohesive identity beyond, you know, survival. Cause yeah, survival can ma- manifest in a, a lot of different emotions because that's what the Flames have effectively been in for yeah. three weeks now is that survival mode of every game is we got to win if we want to stay alive. And that hasn't really worked, to be frank. They're still very much flopping in situations where they shouldn't be. And the, it gets back to the idea of what does it mean to play for this team? In a right. vacuum, being a Flame is being high energy, relentless on the forecheck, hard-nosed, wearing down your opponent, and outworking them. Those are all the tenets of what the Flames are trying to be. And to some extent, it does work. They do win a lot of loose pucks. They do play okay defense. The problem for them is twofold. Number one, they do not have the one guy who can pick up the load when they are struggling. They rely too heavily on the by committee approach. And the more people you rely to do something, the more likely it is something has to go wrong. You know, group projects, everyone who ever high school, college work group projects, the more people that are in your group, the more difficult it is to get anything done. That's the first part. And then number two, the lingering, our goalie might let in a stinker at any moment has kind of creeped in to the point now where 
any defensive breakdown, you just assume the other team is scoring. And it's really hard to exist like that where, again, we were ta- I was talking about it before. You make one mistake and it's in your head. You're overthinking it. Well, think about how that goes, and almost every one of those mistakes ends up in the back of the net. That's really how this season has gone and why the identity stuff is so interesting to me because this is an older group. You would think at some point that somebody would have been able to find something to tap into here where it's the nobody believes in us or the they said we're dead or the, well, these guys don't want to be here. Well, we want to be here. There are so many different ident- threads you could pull on for yeah. just a galvanizing force for a group that is talented and hasn't lived up to expectations. Yeah, you know, I think you're kind of spot on when it comes to the group project analogy. It is just like there's too many chefs in the kitchen here. Exactly. There's too many voices. Like, just because you don't have a captain doesn't mean, like, there aren't leadership voices in the organization. Like, you don't magically find your voice uh, when you're, you know, that C gets sewn onto your jersey. But, like, it's just one of those things where I truly wonder um, what the divide is. Like, is it just like coach versus players or is it, is the room split? Like, it doesn't feel like that's It's probably a couple of things. I always say nothing happens for one reason. And just anytime you, you chalk it up to one specific thing, you're probably not being fair to the parties involved. I think there's probably a coaching thing. I think there's probably guys who don't feel entirely comfortable, guys who aren't well situated. I think it's probably a bunch of different things. And when you combine all those all of those factors, that's how you end up where you are right now is yeah. you've got, well, the coach and these few players disagree and these players and those players disagree. I think it's probably a bunch of things. It's not just any one combination, any one player to something relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's kind of interesting to look back on is last year they had like this underdog mentality Yeah, when they <laughs> were one of the best teams in the league. That works. We talk about this. The Patriots did this every year of the Brady Belichick dynasty. The nobody believes in us. They're still here. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's what Michael Jordan did it too. If people doubt you, you can get angry enough where the chip on your shoulder will move you. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about in the third segment coming up is just nobody believes in you is the single most powerful factor in all of sports. If you get everybody in your room galvanized around, hey, everybody outside this room is against us. Let's do it for just us in this room. That works. That works repeatedly. Kirby Smart did this with the Georgia team. That repeated as national champions. They won the national title two years in a row. And after the game this year, there were guys on the team that said, yeah, there were people picking us to go seven and four this year. Who? Who picked the Georgia Bulldogs to go seven and four in the regular season this year? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, that's like when people get online and they're like, well, people are saying this person is overrated and no one is having this discussion. Yeah, yeah. So. You go on Twitter.com. I hate I love waffles. So you hate French toast? Yeah, I didn't say that. But that is basically the kind of narrative the Flames have. They have yet to find. Yeah. And we're what? It's. 70 something, 75 games into this season. Um, my God, it, it is time for them to figure something out. Um, you would I mean, think. Hopefully, hopefully they, you know, spend the summer talking. Well, they're all One, over. One, two, students. three, Cancun. Yeah, right. <laughs> I 
so infuriating to watch because like you said this on paper this team should be this team is more talented than Western Winnipeg. Conference final maybe this team is more talented than Seattle this team is more talented yeah. than Winnipeg come on yeah and it's so frustrating to watch them just continue to spiral yeah they've, they've kind they're of spinning the tires in the mud style. they've been spinning their tires in the mud all season making no progress revving the engine like crazy trying to get out but they're just spinning the tires in the mud <laughs> and we are going to take a quick break here and um we'll wrap up today's show with some more fun good flames frustration talk but let me remind you all that built bars are here Built Bars are available in-store at Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can run to the pharmacy section right now to grab the delicious-tasting protein bars. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they taste like candy bars, but they're actually really good for you. They're low in calorie, high in fiber, high in protein, low in sugar, just, you know, all the good things you want uh, when it comes to a protein bar or really a candy bar. It's like your perfect candy bar. But uh, you can get flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And if you don't live near a Walmart or a Sam's Club, you can order at Built.com. And thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us today um, as we wrap up the flame season. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and Nick Zoraris. 75 games. Went by very fast. This NHL season did go by very quickly, especially March. I feel like March yeah. went by in, in like 10 minutes. I really do. Yeah. No, I, I really don't know where this season went because I feel like we really were just talking about this four-game road trip ahead of um, like Christmas break. Yeah. And now like the season ends in like two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, to, to repeat the cliche that my parents have said basically my entire life, the days are long, but the, the years are fast. And that's basically what this NHL season has been. Yeah, no, it absolutely has been. I feel like <laughs> this team has just struggled from the get-go, and they were never able to get their feet out underneath them no. uh, until it's, like, nearly too late. And at this point, they're treading water. With oh, like, they're drowning. They're, yeah. they're The lifeguard has yet to notice it, but the flames are drowning right now. The lifeguard is like looking at reading their book or something up in the chair. The flames head is clearly underwater and their arms are flailing above yeah. them, desperately looking for help. And the lifeguard is just not paying attention. Yeah. That's what the flames are right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just, I, I don't know where this season went. And I'm sure that they've said the same thing because they are experiencing the same nonsense uh just on a different magnitude and different level of things yeah so one of the thing one of the things i wrote down here is just general things that you can control that is the that's one of the points that i think we haven't focused on enough about the flames this season is just we've spent so much time talking about what's going on around them and what's the dynamic with the coach and the gm and the owner and all of the worry about what you can control when you are dealing with these types of identity issues, these results issues, where even though the process is pretty good, that you've played okay, you haven't gotten luck-based things, you haven't gotten bounces, whatever, yeah, that'll probably balance out and they'll get a little more luck their way and they won't lose 28, 29, one-goal games again. 
but just worry about what you can control. Don't do anyone else's job. Do your job. You have the puck, know where the puck needs to go. Make that pass, be in position. Do your job. Don't worry about anyone else's. Don't do anyone else's. You're not at, that's not your job. Do yeah. your job. Do what you are good at. Do the what got you here. You are in the NHL. You have made it this far in your hockey life by be, doing what you are good at. Don't do what you're not good at. Don't do someone else's job. Do your job. Yeah, no, 100%. And I feel like it's one of those situations that remind me of like when I was in middle school and just like it was just like such an awkward time in my life. And my mom would always be like, you just go to school. You keep your head down. You do your work. You leave. And I mean, hopefully, you know, everyone's focusing on themselves, but also the team aspect of it, too. Um, But I I really don't know if this, if they're playing for anything other than game 82. One, two, three, Cancun! (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. No, that's going to be the name of this episode, honestly, one, two, three, Cancun. Because... Realistically, if there were ever... That's the thing that's frustrating to me because you just don't get a, a, an authentic, honest understanding of these situations until usually like remove you're a couple months or years removed from a situation when people can go on the record and kind of just spill tea on people who are involved in a bad situation because no one wants to throw anyone under the bus. But I, it's one of the it's frustrating because you would love to know what the frustration has been, what the disconnect has been. But nobody yeah. wants to get in Daryl's doghouse by saying, well, this didn't work this year. We've been trying to do this all year and it hasn't worked. It would be nice because it would be honest and you get a better understanding. It's one of my real frustrations with sports media right now is we don't tell stories enough. We are too focused on the transactions and the gossip as opposed to what's actually happening. Why is a team as talented as the Flames, like as the Flames, not been able to find their way all year? What's been the disconnect? What's not working? What are the identity issues? What are the scheme issues? What are the talent issues? All of those things. We can do our best investigative work. I can go and look at data for hours and hours and piece together what I think is the reason. But I'm not there. I'm not in the room every day. I do not know the emotions, the the psychological aspect of this. And that's something that would help color in the details. I can give you the broad strokes of they generate a lot of offense, but they don't get timely goaltending and they don't put the puck in the net enough. I can tell you that, but I can't tell you why that happens. I can't tell you why the team has played the way it has this year. I can only tell you that it's played this way. Yeah, no. And it's just, I, if people are really looking for like good storytellers, um, I highly recommend um, Julian McKenzie who joined the Flames beat this year for the athletic. I think that he has done such an excellent job of kind of carving out that market for um, himself, I guess. Um, I just, I feel like he had one story about Matthew Kachuk and like how, like, basically taking you like an hour by hour process yeah. with Brad tree living of the story. And it, he's put out a few other, um, you know, kind of features like that. And it's very interesting. So, but I agree. No one, <laughs> no one is going in there and asking the hard questions. Um, no one wants to admit that things are, you know, the way that they are for one reason or the other um unless you're Milan Lucic and you just throw 
everyone except your coach under the bus, basically. Um, but this is just, again, one of those things that is part of the sport. And I just. I forget which game it was last week, but I was reading one of Julian's game stories. And in the story, I, for, I think it was Rasmus Anderson that said, I wish I knew why we kept losing all these one goal games. Yes. It, it would be great to get a deeper understanding of like, what's that frustration like for you? Because this season has felt so, this season has been so difficult. What does that do to your game when you're in a place where you really don't know what's going wrong? How does that impact how you're playing? Are you more inclined to be taking more risks? Are you more inclined to play more conservatively? There are just little nuances like that where I would love to be able to ask the follow-up question to that. That's one of the perils of being trained in sports media and reading other people's work is, <laughs> damn, I would have asked that question. That's a good yeah. question, but then there's the follow-up question. It's just, there's missed opportunities here. I just, at the end of the day, I just want to know why things happen. That's really all this comes down to is an annoying right. curiosity of being a four-year-old tugging on someone's shirt. But why? why? And but how? why? But yep. why? That's all this comes down to is just being too curious. No, exactly. But you're not being, you know, curious in like a negative way. Yeah, it's I want to know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, let me, like, I can fix him. I can fix this entire Flames team. Give me 24 hours, maybe a little bit longer. Oh, but, I could, fi I could fix the Flames. All I got to do, give me, give me a weekend and a destination vacation, a couple beers and just let them talk about their feelings and they'll be yeah. fine. You know, this bros can't talk day. about their feelings until after midnight, after a couple of beers. That's the only way men talk about their feelings. So we're going on a group trip, Flames, and we're going somewhere and we're going to have a few drinks and everyone's going to get to talk about their feelings. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. No. And there's, it doesn't come back to the podcast. It yes. stays in, stays in. Uh, they need show. it. They very clearly need it because this they group do. is very much struggling. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody wants to fund a uh, Flames destination uh, work trip, retreat sort of thing, um, you can <laughs> uh, email our bosses and let, yeah. let them know. But my gosh, the Flames do play tonight. It's going to be an interesting game. I Every don't... game is interesting. I will yeah. give the Flames that. They don't play boring hockey games. No, they don't. They, they always keep us on our toes, even until the final buzzer. So I will give them that. And I just, they're not dead yet. Somehow. Somehow. But I think that about does it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, before you leave... This episode, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcasts. You are available on all platforms, including YouTube, for free 99. You can come hang out with us every day uh, and stay up to date on when the latest news breaks. Like, obviously, when the Flames clinch that wild card spot that I'm still barely believing in, but it's okay. And uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Nick Zararis and Jess Belmosto.